0: Welcome back to Bacon Wire, an MSU sports podcast here on the Big Banter Podcast Network. Carter, this podcast, if you listen to it week to week, um, you might have us psychologically evaluated because the, the tenor of this week's podcast, I feel, at least for college basketball talk, is... Um, is going to be much different than what happened last week. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, you know, we'll see how you feel when we get to the NFL and the Falcons and the lions and all that stuff. But, uh, well, well, uh, let's start here. I think a lot of MSU podcasts, a lot of, a lot of people, um, who follow MSU basketball, um, they're going to start busting out the B word in regards to this team. um, Personally, I think that's a little premature, and I'll tell you why. We've seen this get we've seen this version of MSU basketball for a game against Power Five competition. They looked like that against the mid majors, you know, Alcorn State, um, Southern Indiana, right? They looked like that against those guys. Uh, this is the first time they've looked like that against against a competition against competition on their level. So I, I'm not ready to call, I'm not ready to call them back, but God damn was that encouraging? I agree. I want to see
1: it a little bit. I want to see more of it. Um, we don't really play a very good opponent
0: for a while,
1: maybe until, until after,
0: until after the students get back, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, they play Indiana state, but like they can, they can beat Indiana state. Uh, The next couple games look pretty good for Michigan State to pick up some wins. Not too many uh, resume builders, but wins. And you just need wins right now. Uh, Oakland, Stony Brook, Indiana State, uh, Penn State, and then Northwestern are your next five. So, a couple good chances, I think, to, to pick up some wins. But, I mean, yeah, like... If if I thought, if you had told me before the game that Michigan State was going to win, I would have said, okay, they probably, I don't know, built a 10-ish point lead and then 10, 15 point lead that they had. And then Baylor would have dwindled it down to, you know, four or five, maybe pushing it to two at some point, And they escape with like a three, you know, four or five point win. I could I could have seen that. This was domination. Of an undefeated, number six ranked Baylor team from start to finish, and that was what I didn't see coming.
0: Stephen Izzo got minutes. If I had told you a half hour before tip off, Stephen Izzo was going to get minutes in this game,
1: I would have said, "Yep, makes sense." Because we're yeah, you
0: get blown out. Yep, you're going to get ran out of the gym. Uh, No, I mean this was the MSU team. That everyone expected from the jump. They did everything that a vintage Tom Izzo team does. They played tough defense. They they crashed the glass. They got rebounds. They tur- they got turnovers for touchdowns. Right. They did all of that. Things that they weren't doing the first month of the season. Uh mm-hmm. huh. I would like to see this. I would like to see this, these results repeated, right? They basically, for the rest of the month, they should, the lead, the closest the lead should be in any game should be like the lead they have at the under 16. They should not be down to any team at any point until they play Penn state. And even then, Penn state's kind of Penn state's kind of reverted back to not very good to the Penn state, to the Penn state before Micah Shrewsbury got there.
1: Yeah. They, they screwed up not hiring him full time.
0: Yeah. Um, but I'm very, um, I'm very optimistic. I'm not going to say the backward but I'm very optimistic. Everyone looked good. You know, even Maddie, right. I, I tweeted out that Maddie still needs to grab the fucking ball and he does, but you know, he wasn't over, he wasn't over helping on defense. He only had one moving screen foul, which is like a career best. I think, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he, um, he was hedging screens. He at least was tipping the ball in the direction of an MSU player instead of just like, Doing like a crazy like libero trying to save the ball from hitting the ground in volleyball, like bump that he usually does. Yeah. So like he was he was directing me. traffic. AJ Hogard was attacking the lane, putting shoulders and chests, directing traffic.
1: That's AJ Hogard. That's the AJ Hogard you want to see. Assertive, decisive. Playing good defense. Like he was locked in on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, the only red flag that I saw on Saturday is Jane Aiken still does not look still doesn't look there. You know what I mean? Like he still, like he was still he was missing open shots still. He was um he had a couple brain farts on offense ball handling that led to turnovers. That wide
1: open miss layup,
0: yeah, wide open miss layup. He just, he, I don't know what's going on with Jane Akins, but that's the one thing that—that's the one thing that's surprising to me. Um Three years of Akins or one year of Amani. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't—I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I really don't.
1: No, he. Yeah, Michigan State needs a little more from him if they want to. Get to where they need to be. Like obviously, Tyson Walker is 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 that you know he was phenomenal yesterday. Um, hit all four of his threes, twenty five points. Um, I loved what I saw from Trey Holliman too. You know about a little bit of a bounce back game for him. It wasn't as good against Nebraska. Um, but if he can give you, doesn't even need to give you 11 points. If he gives you like six or seven every night and plays better defense, which hasn't really been the case with him recently. Um, uh, but if you can kind of get better on defense, that's a really good depth guard for you. Cohen Carr looks
0: awesome. Massive yeah, dunk that a couple massive dunks. Yeah. I mean that one at the end of the half, that double pump, like take off from, I think it was near goddamn near the free throw line. He's ridiculous. He is insane, just an insane athlete. That um, that block he had when he – when the guy – where he was on the opposite wing, guy was driving down the right side. It was in the first half. Cohen Carr comes from the left wing and just jumps up over Mati Sissoko and, and blocks the ball, like, at its apex that was probably one of the most impressive things I've ever seen a freshman do for Michigan State basketball. Honestly. I, um, it's,
1: it's, it's otherworldly to see him come from like rotate over from the other side and block a seven footer (laughs) at, at its peak.
0: Yeah. That's the, the craziest thing too is like, we've seen freshmen who are freak athletes, right? But like, Cohen Carr is a freak athlete, but he also has a really high basketball IQ. Yeah. Like he knows where he's supposed to be on the floor. He has, con- he has bodily control, which is another thing that a lot of freak athletes who are freshmen don't have, right? They're freak athletes, but they throw their bodies all over the place and they pick up a shit ton of fouls
1: and mm-hmm. get themselves
0: in foul trouble a lot. Cohen Carr really doesn't do that. Had one he's in foul control- minutes. Yeah. He's in control of his body. He knows where he has to be on the floor and the other thing too he knows his weakness. He's not a good shooter, he knows that. So, you know, a lot of guys would try to like would try to fix that in game and he doesn't. He knows what he has to do. He drives to the hole, if he doesn't have a shot he kicks it out. And that's really encouraging to see a Cohen Carr. I you know, Jeremy Fierce has been impressive the first month of the season, but you look at Cohen Carr and you're like this is this is a guy who can give you 20 minutes nightly. Mm-hmm. and. You know, you're going to need that.
1: The athleticism and the energy that he Unmatched. gives you. Unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah. Also, eight minutes for Xavier Booker. Seven points.
0: about that? I mean, I one of them was a, Three of them were a garbage time three. We'll, we'll say that. Um, and he did have, like, the brain fartiest of brain fart fouls. But, you yeah, know... Yeah,
1: that one where he, he, uh, he was supposed to be playing drop and got lost in the pick and roll. Yeah, gave up an open layup at the rim. Yeah, but that was that was bad. But It's kind of like those type of moments are like, why isn't Xavier Booker playing? And then you're like, oh, oh, well, that's, oh yeah, that's why mm-hmm. Xavier Booker isn't playing.
0: Yeah, that's why. But all in all, i just a really encouraging performance from this group. Fun, really, it's really so encouraging. Fun. It's it's fun to
1: watch them play with that intensity that they like they care, you know. Oh, yeah, That's what we sure. wanted them to do was we wanted to see them care about winning the game. And they did, yes. and, and that was it. Some guys and played they did. With
0: urgency. And you know what? They went up halftime, up 28. The lead never got below 20. That's the other thing, too, right? Just is, dominant,
1: is foot on the neck.
0: Yep. Baylor came out of the second half firing. You know, there there definitely was a world out there where MSU lets it get within 10, 12 points at the under eight, at the under 12. And we start and, to sweat. Yeah, they start to sweat. We all start to sweat. But nope, they answered every, every every swing that Baylor took. And you know, this wasn't like a total like off night for Baylor. Like they they had a little trouble shooting the three. Yeah. But you know. This wasn't like a Baylor. This wasn't like a Baylor sleepwalking, you know. This was this was a shit assing. This was a yeah. total shit assing. This was this was a team who knew they were better than the team they were facing and proved it. And that's something we haven't been able to say about this team once through ten games. Right. So that was that was nice. I really. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, <laughs> if you could believe it. So, uh, you know, they they play Oakland tonight. If you're listening this when it goes live on on Monday, you know um, this game was originally supposed to be at LCA, um, but the Baylor game got this move to East Lansing. Um, you know, Baylor is Baylor's just Baylor. Oak sorry not Oak, not Baylor Oakland you know Greg Campy man it's you know this is as another as they come. Yep as solid as they come he's going to have these guys ready to go he always has them ready to go um I'll never forget that game against LCA that game at LCA I think in 2016 MSU was ranked number 1 and Baylor took them to double over and Oakland took them to double overtime
1: yeah, I remember that too that was a game without Denzel Valentine
0: Yep yeah.
1: Uh Kay Felder was just going crazy.
0: Yep. Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers legend, Kay Felder.
1: Yep. Guangdong <laughs> Tigers legend, Denzel Valentine.
0: <laughs> uh Valentine. No. No.
1: Uh, That's his legacy. That's tough. Yeah. Um looks like Oakland has a do it all guy, Trey Townsend. He is a junior. Um leads them in scoring, rebounding, and assists. So
0: okay. Let's uh, only really call. Yep. I'm I'm pretty uh but no this is a game where they need to they need to dominate top to bottom. They yep. you know they this needs to be another shit assing. We need Steven as minutes in this game. Like you need to be able to repeat the performance right mm-hmm. it's against it's against not high major competition but you need to the math still needs to math here in order for me to feel good and not have that feel like, and not have it feel like that, that one day when your senior dog has like the energy of a puppy, Mm
1: -hmm. like a
0: week before you have to put it down. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to be able to see it repeated the rest of the month. Yeah. I don't want them to
1: take their foot off the gas just because they beat Baylor. Like keep your foot on the
0: gas, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, You know, people were tweeting at me from the bacon wire account and were like, are you going to give this team your flowers? It's like, no, we gave them their flowers before the season and they fucking lost to James Madison. And that's a Q one. That's going to end up being a better loss than the fucking Nebraska loss. (laughs) But like, I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm not going to give this team their flowers. We've seen it once in a month and a half. Yeah let let's see it repeated night after night after night. if it's not good enough to win, it's not good enough to win. but you know let let's see it continue, right before we before we go, oh, is those back is those back? fuck the transfer portal blah 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 right let's let's slow down here, right? Let's remember let's remember let's remember how we all felt last Sunday.
1: okay I don't even care yeah, I don't even care if they go like thirty and five or whatever this season I'll still think they need to use the transfer portal.
0: Right. Let's let's take it down a notch, right? Let's remember where they were and let, you know, kind of realize that you know, this game the first month of the season could be an aberration, but that sample size is larger than one game. That's what I'll say. Let's move over to football. Um Jonathan Smith is in the kitchen and boy is he cooking he's cooking chili he is cooking chili Chil- chili chiles ian chiles has committed to michigan state ooh um you know i was explaining to people i was explaining to emily kind of like kind of like how we know chiles is going to be good and to like to, for a coach to have a trust in true freshman a true freshman quarterback no less when you have a, when you have a veteran transfer coming in to go third series no matter what is yours yeah. every game we could be up 21 nothing down 21 nothing it could be 10-10 0-0 14-7 whatever the score is you're going in the third offensive series and, I, and the one game that he
1: didn't do it I think was Oregon because
0: he, he was he was
1: already on the way out no he even did it during versus oh, Oregon oh did he I I didn't watch the game I had somebody tell me that that wasn't the case
0: oh I I'm pretty sure he did it versus Oregon I, I could be he, mistaken but if I remember correctly if he had done well then if he had he, if he did it versus
1: Oregon then he said hey let's audition for East Lansing. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh
0: but no I like that's really rare, like super rare. Like the closest comparison I could come up with was um, the KJJ thing in 2021. Yeah. But even then, like J.J. didn't have full access to the playbook. That was mostly designed quarterback runs. It was basically a wildcat package in Pretty 2021 much, yeah. when J.J. was in there. Like Childs was pushing the ball 30 yards down the field. He He had full access to the playbook, it looked like. Um, you know, this is this is a special, special talent. Um, a lot of people are saying the most talented quarterback prospects since uh since Jeff Smoker, um Drew Stanton has come up a lot. But Carter, like what, what are your thoughts on Eden Childs here now that he's QB1? 6'3, 200 tall, you know,
1: kind of lanky kid, but yeah, the arm strength is real, the athleticism. The ability to, he can look, he can run. You can use him in those RPO packages and stuff, but also he can just, you can just sort of design your offense to where you can have him, you know, on the run making throws and he's going to make an accurate throw. The accuracy is really impressive. He's got really solid touch when he pushes that ball downfield. And you're right, they did let him push the ball downfield. Sometimes it would be, you know, during those kind of blowout games against the bad teams, but um, even when he would come in in the third series of games, Against, you know, like Washington and, and those types of games. He he was still uh he was still throwing that ball. I really like his arm. I like the fact that you have a guy who you can get out and run a little bit. You didn't really I mean they tr- I think they tried to do it with Noah Kim. <laughs> he can't <really laughs> to, you know, they tried to get him to run. Hauser couldn't really run. Levitt could run pretty well, but this is an element of Michigan State's offense that I don't think they've had before. Like yeah, they had Lewerke a couple of years ago doing it, but I don't think you know it. It won't be that level. Like it'll be a, it'll be a higher level. And yeah, Aiden Childs was what the fifty eighth eighth ranked player in that yeah twenty twenty three or two or something like that.
0: Yeah, he's a top sixty guy. That's crazy. Four star. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean that that's a kind of talent. Like again, that we have we don't have we haven't had an MSU in in a long long time. I'm I'm so excited. And Carter, uh this just in here. Um so I I have a question for you. Uh does it does Nike still make track suits? Does Nike still make
1: track suits probably?
0: Because uh Jonathan Smith just got the commitment of Alessio uh Milosevic. So that's Maybe. why I asked
1: Yeah, the other yeah, the quarterback.
0: Yeah, Eastern European you know, you, we're going to need some track suits. <laughs> <laughs> we're Milivo, getting... Milivojevic. Or, Milo- is it,
1: or is it Vucevic?
0: Mil, I don't know. Milo, Milivojevic, Milivojevic, whatever. We'll figure it
1: out. But so, yeah, so they landed. Okay. So they landed. We'll call him Alessio. Okay. six three two fifteen. Big dude. He was committed to Ball State. Yep. Yep. There's the graphic and everything. I wonder what that means for, uh, their pursuit of Tyler cherry. I bet they take them both.
0: Yeah. I, I would have to assume they take them both. Um, they, well, they if, need a Cherry wants to, if he wants to come, yeah.
1: Indiana is hot on his trail too.
0: Well, I mean, if you're, um, like if you're Tyler cherry, right? Like mm-hmm. they got QB one in the portal, right? Curtis, Curtis Rourke is probably going to be there two years. Okay. Yeah. Shiles is going to be here probably two, sh- probably two years. Right. So you're looking at a situation which coaching staff do you trust more?
1: Right. There depends on who you can, you know, who's going to develop.
0: Right. Who do you trust more? The guy who resurrected, the guy who, the guy who put Jake Browning into the league and won, and is Jake Browning, who just won three okay. straight games. Yeah, he's a QB um, developer. Yeah, the guy who resurrected DJ Uwe Agalile's career. You know, I don't know who James Madison's starting quarterback is. That's it all was, I'm saying.
1: It was that dude who played really well, but I can't think of his name. I'll, yeah. I'm going to go look it up right now.
0: All I'm saying, I, I think I think Jonathan Smith's track record is a little better if I'm Tyler Cherry. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. So, you know, th- there have been some other commitments. Andrew Brinson, yep. um, committed earlier earlier Jordan, on Sunday. Wow, that's his name. Um, but
1: he's done now. He's twenty-four. So, he just played know, his whole season.
0: You know, here's the thing: a lot of the guys who have committed so far were committed to Oregon State. Um, there have been guys that he's been working on keeping um, you know, from the, from the class that, that Tucker recruited, uh, you know, at, this is going to be a lower rated class, right? And I think Brett touched on this in his space earlier this week, mm. you know, you know, where are you at? Like, what should, what, what should we expect from Jonathan Smith recruiting here in these first couple cycles? I think
1: it's a lot of, It's going to be a mix of both sort of what we saw with D'Antonio in terms of they go after these kind of lower level overlooked players that they can develop. And it's also, they're going to go after some of the big fish in the state of Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, those Midwest guys. Um, I I saw a tweet from someone, some recruiting page that said, Jonathan Smith is making uh, Michigan and Ohio a priority. They're making it known that they are priorities. So, um it's going to be it's going to be both of those i don't know you know i don't know what it's going to be in terms of actual results and who he's going to land but already what we're seeing is like it looks pretty good i mean yeah it's going to be a smaller class this year for extenuating circumstances we know that uh but so far the results i think are promising a lot of them, he's just going to bring over some guys. It looks like he's going to have Cameron Campbell back, someone who uh, was recruited by the former staff who decommitted when that staff left, but he's uh, re-recruited him. So that part of it's pretty cool. I like the running backs we've gotten this this year, uh, Brandon Tullis and Makai um, Frazier. Frazier. Yeah. Yep. They're both kind of similar, big body backs, but are still elusive and tough to tackle in the open field.
0: They – um. They both. I I watched a little bit of both their tapes. Um, they both gave me Madre London vibes.
1: Okay, I liked Madre London.
0: Yeah. Um. European European American football legend Madre London. <laughs> German
1: football league. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. So, you know, just big physical bodies will run will run you the fuck over. Um. You know. Good luck bringing me down. Yeah. Uh, I can say this because I was the biggest kid playing schoolyard football, biggest kid, schoolyard football, three, three guys on their back as they're running into the end zone kind of, (laughs) kind of runners, both of them. Uh, So, so I like that. That's kind of what Damian Martinez is at Oregon state this year. Yeah. I
1: hope we could find us, find our own kind of
0: Damian Martinez. Right. And and, you know, with Nathan Carter coming back, that takes a little pressure off the, off the running back development. It's very young room. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, yeah, so, um, having Nathan Carter back there will be good. I hope they can kind of put together the offensive line. It's good to see, um, it's good to see Ethan Boyd come out of the portal. I think he should be a starter next year. I bet Stanton Rommel could start. There's a couple good pieces on this, uh, on this offensive line that, uh, them can work with just, I think we need some more depth.
0: Yeah. The, the priority now is getting, is getting, uh, is getting friend of the program Kevin wingington and, and Gino Vandemark out of the portal
1: yeah we need interior um, guys
0: yeah interior guys you know wingington if he doesn't if if he's not a starter I he is like he is the next man up on I think on an offensive line um you could play center
1: Fincher is yeah, probably your starting center as of day one as of now right
0: right I mean, and and Van Vandermark, the linchpin you have to get Vandemark back
1: He's good, man.
0: He is really good. He's really solid in his. He will be if he stays with Coach M. I believe he can be a day one pick. I mean, interior linemen are so so hard to develop. Yeah. So, and it's
1: really, I, I think, with this team, that's what needs to be fixed first and foremost. Like that's the most important piece because Michigan State could not run the football this year and they did not hold up well enough in pass protection. They were better in pass protection than they were run than a run uh, blocking team. And that's just kind of how it's been. It was under cap and that's just ridiculous considering that's what he was supposed to come in here and fix was the, the run game. That was his thing. He was the run game coordinator, coordinator and the offensive line coach and both elements of the team were bad, but really, I think everything else falls into place when your trenches are good. And Absolutely. Michigan state is also going to need to find, I think guys on the defensive line. I hope they can get uh, Derek Harmon out of the portal, but he's visiting um, Auburn and Ohio state. So, I mean, when, when I saw that he entered the portal, he was one of those guys that I was like, okay, some of the big schools could come after him. Cause he's, he's a high impact tackle.
0: Yeah. It, it's tough. Right. When, yeah, you know, I think Dion at Colorado last year, I think I've said this before, but he's kind of showed the limits of, of rot of turning over a roster, like solely via the portal, right? You need to be able to, to get into high schools and, and get these guys in there and develop them. Um, but, you know, I, I think when a guy like Derek Carmen hits the portal, it, he's immediately one of the most sought after guys. It's, it's the it's the quarterbacks, and then it's and and then it's a guy like Derek Harmon.
1: Yeah, so, I want to see if he has any other offers that I haven't seen.
0: Speaking of portal attrition, um, Jordan Hall is is staying. Oh yeah, he's a duck.
1: Oregon is going to host Derek Harmon. Mother, see Ohio yeah. State, Auburn,
0: Oregon, big teams. Yeah, he's a duck. He is a he is a duck. Um, but, but speaking of, of, of portal attrition, um, Jordan Hall is staying. Awesome. Um, Love he it. went on, this to Sparta. He said he'll be here in the, in the winter. Um, kind of weird language.
1: <laughs> that's why I was like, oh no, that's what I said. I was like, oh no.
0: But you know, I, all indication is that he is staying. Um, and that's good because he, he, he is as a sophomore, he is going to be the captain of this defense.
1: Yeah. I said he was the best player on the team last year.
0: I, I would agree. I would absolutely agree with you 100%.
1: And if he were to enter the portal, every team would be after him like immediately. Yeah, you know so, that, you know, like when like a player from, it's not really this. it's not, I don't know if this is a great comparison, but you know, when like a mid-major player hits the, like the Baylor Shireman, not the, yeah. the terrible comparison, but it's like Baylor Shireman has heard from Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Baylor, Creighton, Michigan State.
0: Yeah, all the, yeah. Every team. So, so yeah, I'm I'm glad Smith and company and, you know, whatever NIL collective stepped up to to drop the bag. Yeah. um, We're able to.
1: Yeah. Also, Michigan State looks to be in a good position with Jordan Turner, the Wisconsin transfer linebacker. So that will definitely mitigate the uh, loss of Jacoby Windman. I think having two Jordans in your linebacker room. Jordan Hall, Jordan
0: Turner—it's
1: pretty solid right there. I think.
0: Yeah. No, I'm excited. Um, this is fun times for Michigan State football. You know, a lot of hopium being being inhaled by the leader. <laughs> yeah. But all and all it's good stuff. You know. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Than the last time, because we've seen we've seen Jonathan Smith, you know, be a. Uh, uh, a winning coach whereas with Tucker we hired him off of a 5 and 7 season in Colorado which i mean we hired him off of the acumen of of being the defensive coordinator at at Georgia and at Alabama or in Alabama or was he a
0: I think he was secondary's coach at Alabama and then okay. I think Kirby made him DC Yeah It's weird
1: because um Saban spoke so highly of him just that didn't
0: turn out to be Anyway Staben yeah. fucked over MSU one last time on the way out. I know he did. But he can make good January first. <laughs> he can make good. <laughs> he can make good. He can he can make good come January first. So let's let's talk NFL, Carter. I'm sorry <laughs> to do this to you. We we gotta talk NFL. Um I, I was hesitant to call the I was hesitant to call MSU basketball back earlier in the show. Um I am not hesitant to say this, the Detroit Lions are back. Oh yeah. Um I you know, I, I think I think what yesterday showed um in a game they, they easily could have lost, right? That was a game where they easily could have lost. And you know the Broncos were scorching hot, right? One of the scorching hot teams. Uh, Sean Payton even compared this Broncos team to last year's Lions team where they get hot down the stretch and they're on the precipice of the playoff pitcher. They came in there and shut them down right away. Um, You know, took a couple series to get going. Naturally, uh, you know, um, Goff still looked like he was seeing ghosts out there a little bit um, after getting shellacked in Soldier Field on Sunday, but he came into his own through Five touchdown passes. Five. Uh three to Laporta, one to one to Jameer Gibbs, one to uh one to the sun god Amon Ross St. Brown, who just absolutely flipped <laughs> into the end zone. he yeah, did. Very cool. Very very cool. Um, I'm ready to call the Lions back. Um Seattle loses tomorrow, they're in the playoffs. They they beat Minnesota on Sunday. They won the division. Something that has not happened in 31 years. Woo. In fact, they've never won the NFC North because the last time they won the division, it was the NFC Central. <laughs> First NFC North title. First NFC North title on the line this Sunday against a Minnesota Vikings team that yep. uh, yeah. is out of gas. I think. Yeah. The the Dob sanity run is over.
1: Oh boy, yeah.
0: So. Did not
1: take them higher anymore?
0: No, he could not. Um, RIP to the pastronaut. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully hopefully he didn't quit NASA, just kind of took a leave of absence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, although although I'm sure Lockheed Martin would love to have him. Hey, man, Josh Dobbs
1: is an excellent guy, man. Reading an NFL playbook and then also being a freaking aerospace engineer. That's a smart dude right there.
0: Absolutely.
1: A shout out to him, but you're right. The lines are back. Um, that's the exact type of game you want to win. And that's the way you want to win it. Because you, if you want to, you know, if you want to convince your fan base that everything's all good, go ahead and just absolutely be a roadblock for a team. That's just rolling, you know, a 42 to what was it, 42 to 17. Yeah. Yep.
0: And 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 have the protege beat the master. That's yeah. a, that was another kind of narrative thing.
1: Campbell beat uh Sean, Sean Payton, Payton there. Um yeah.
0: That's how you do it right there, I think. Right. So, you know, world's biggest in plus the Packers lost, mm-hmm. the Vikings lost, the Bears lost. So, you know, Packers don't Packers aren't winning the division. Uh Chicago's not making the playoffs. No. Two of your last three games are against Minnesota. You have a real chance to bury them here. Yeah. So Carter, I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> so um here are two draft grades. Okay. Two draft yeah, grades. Yeah. This is this is post-draft analysis. Okay. Okay. So team team number one got an A minus. Okay. Team number two got a C minus. Okay. Yep. Running back number one has 139 carries, 792 yards from scrimmage, seven touchdowns, and averages 5.7 yards a carry. Okay. Draft pick, draft pick B, draft pick number two has 169 carries, 790 yards from scrimmage four touchdowns and averages 4.7 yards of brush. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do. Okay. So for those who don't know, uh, the team with the A minus is that are the Atlanta Falcons. The team with the C minus is the Detroit lions Uh, running back. Running back. Number two is B. John Robinson. Running back. Number one is Jameer Gibbs.
1: Pretty similar numbers.
0: Pretty similar numbers. Uh, But. Uh, Jameer Gibbs was the first of two picks in that in that first round, and Bijan Robinson is supposed to be the focal point of the Falcons' offense. You would think, right? I would. So Carter, so would we. Um, the Falcons lost in a rainstorm to the Panthers in front of like 250 people. Yep. What happened?
1: Well, this is uh this is what happens when your head coach built a name for himself with a defensive end playing running back that was unstoppable for 3 years and got himself a head coaching job off of that and uh didn't really know what to do after that. Tried to make it work with Matt Ryan's old self and then tried to go after Deshaun Watson behind his back, alienating the franchise's greatest quarterback, trading him for nothing, uh, drafting Desmond Ritter as a, as a desperation move, uh, naming Desmond Ritter, your starter after he had four underwhelming starts after he could not get playing time over Marcus Mariota. Bringing in no competition for him. And uh, just handing him the keys to the offense. And it's almost like he was a third round pick for a reason because he has 11 fumbles and 10 interceptions to just 10 touchdowns. And uh, that's what happened. Gotcha. Very, very well put. <laughs> it's the culmination of that. Very and well also put. when your job is on the line and all you and all you say is we, we are having self-inflicting mistakes, that probably isn't too great
0: very um very tucker in, very tucker ian from from Arthur Smith at his post game press conference yeah Our he's um,
1: yeah he's uh rich eisen tweeted uh probably not going to be a pleasant um meeting back in atlanta with arthur blank but i unfortunately think that arthur blank is not going to have the spine the backbone to actually do what needs to be done there is no one no one from the media to the fans to the freaking stadium workers who want this guy employed anymore. But look, he's rich. His dad is the founder of FedEx. That's gonna keep him employed, and it's just it's gonna he's gonna continue to ruin this team. I think he called four stretch runs on third and seven, fourth and three, just that type of thing in a rainstorm with backup offensive linemen in the game against a dominant defensive line. No creativity, nothing.
0: Atlanta Falcons head coach Kendall Roy. Pretty much
1: it is. <laughs> All, it, right down to the arrogance.
0: He's he's walking into Arthur Blake's office. I am the eldest boy. He thinks he's the eldest boy. Um yeah, uh elsewhere around the NFL, uh, the Tennessee Titans wore. The uh, were the were there Oilers throwbacks against the Texans today, and <laughs> lost in overtime. Uh, Car- Karma is a motherfucker to Case Keenum. Not to even Case Stroud. Keenum. Yeah, CJ Stroud in concussion protocol, not playing. You lost to you lost to old man Case Keenum in overtime. Karma is a motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, I do not feel bad for the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm. I apologize to Titans fans who may or may not be listening. But fuck you. I don't know. Fuck that <laughs> franchise. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Packers lost. Fuck the Packers. Uh, they didn't even lose. They like. It wasn't like a like a like a. Oops, we lost. It was a. Y- y- you got owned by Baker Mayfield. And, and four yeah, let me say, um, similar competition. It's not that hard to not get owned by Baker Mayfield. It, it's not. It's pretty easy to avoid getting owned by Baker Mayfield. So, speaking from personal experience, <laughs> and you are in Lambo. Did you see, by the way, one last NFC North update. Did you see that Hail Mary at the end of the Bears-Browns game? Yes. I cannot believe Darnell Mooney did not hang on to that ball. That was one of those moments that would have fundamentally altered my relationship to the team. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just like, I know that you're tanking and, and whatever, but fucking goddamn, that one... I I would be I would be inconsolable. I would be inconsolable. He had it. He was on the ground with the ball in with the ball in his hands. He had the thing secured. He had he it. Out. If they had reviewed it and called it a touchdown, I would have been like I could see it. <laughs> that's how close that's how close he was.
1: The Browns are 9 and 5 right now.
0: I know. With, with, with fucking, uh, I already used the old man joke with, with AARP card recipient, Joe Flacco. No.
1: He Stefanski. I was like, I think Stefanski might get fired if they miss the playoffs. Now I think they could, they could possibly, well, they might, they might not, they could possibly win the division. I think a lot would have to go right, but yeah, they, they would need a lot of help, but they've probably in the wild card right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think go, they they at worst go up. nine and eight now. It's an yeah. impressive coaching job right there. I mean, and Jim Schwartz, old old friend, has done a really good job with that defense. A lot of them are are hurt and they're still
0: playing really well. Jim Schwartz was right um in terms of in terms of going after Harbaugh. Jim Schwartz was right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. He's gonna get another shot at a head coaching job this offseason, I think. I think he, he's earned it. I mean Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. Yeah, we'll see. um, Is basically keeping a team afloat. Um, and honestly, I don't think he was that bad in Detroit. I just think he uh I just think he got a little too arrogant and you know they wanted to clean house and he was just a victim of, of house cleaning, but what are you what are you going wide eyed at?
1: There's this kid who plays for DeSoto. Is this photo real?
0: I want to send this to you. Let me see. Let, let's see. So, DeSoto, like, like, talk me through it because this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. This is bad podcasting. Yeah. So, so what am I? So, okay. So, let's see. What is, the hell <laughs> is this real? What do you mean? What is this? Okay. So, it's a photo uh, of an offensive lineman. Um, just. I mean, from DeSoto in Texas, just absolutely dominating an edge rusher. I mean, so the first comment is, isn't number 11, Caleb Walker, 6'3", 210 pounds?
1: That kid's probably got like offers and stuff.
0: Yeah. In Who Texas the hell? Football,
1: you've got power five offers.
0: Who the hell is this kid? Caleb Walker. No. Caleb Walker is the, Caleb is the guy fan getting fan- panicked. The 6'3 guy getting pancaked. Who the hell... Is this guy? Holy shit. Okay, here. I found his 24-7 page. Uh, Byron Washington. Guess his height, real quick. Guess his height. He looks like he's 6'9. 6'7 and a half. Okay. 380 pounds. In high school. And you know what? He's 2025. 20, he's 16. What are they seeing these kids? 16 years old. What do you say his name was? Byron Washington.
1: Byron Washington. Oh my gosh! I am twelve.
0: Yeah, he's really seriously,
1: he's Texas. only a three-star. Texas, Oregon, that's... TCU.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Holy I was just, just scrolling
1: my timeline, and I and I and I shared that with you. That's that's funny. That is
0: nuts. Holy shit. That guy is huge. <laughs> 16. Yeah. 16. God fucking damn. Um, yeah, this is crazy. Um, apparently,
1: uh, Alessio Milio Vucevic. Hope I'm saying that right. Uh, threw for 40 touchdowns
0: and rushed for nine, 49 touchdowns, 49 total touchdowns. That's, yeah, that's not bad. In 6A ball in, in in Illinois. I I don't um It's probably not terrible. I don't know what 6A is. Is that the top division yeah, in Illinois? That's the highest ball? level, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, shit.
1: Sweet. That's another thing is Jonathan Smith. I'm going to trust him like the star- I'm going I'm going to ignore the stars and if he's going after a quarterback, he probably sees something.
0: Yeah, I, that that's probably a good way to go. Cuz um, he was the
1: quarterback, he knows.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see um I'll be interested to see kind of what happens here in the uh yeah, signing day. A, yeah, cuz there's some guys like Brady Petslav who are holding off on on committing um you know the early signing period and what happens after. Isn't um, he committing on like the 20th? Yeah, the 20th is early signing
1: day. Yeah, he's going to. So we we know he's coming here. Yeah. That'll be cool.
0: That'll be nice. So, yeah, this is good t- good vibes all around, except for the Falcons. Sorry, Carter.
1: That's okay. It could be good vibes, but I just doubt it. So, I doubt that Arthur Blank has the strength to do what he needs to do.
0: Who is he, Kylo Ren? Yeah. I know what I must do. I just... I don't know if I have the strength to do it.
1: He knows for a fact that he doesn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Blank does not have that dog in him. Not at all. All right. So I think we can wrap it up here. It's a good one. Yeah. We will be back next week. Uh, well, no, that's Christmas. We'll take a week off. We'll take a couple of weeks. We'll take a holiday break. No episode next two weeks. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Uh, We'll be back after the new year to catch up. Uh, Carter, until then, go green. Go white.